0: This morning, before I begin, can we just take a second, and I want to um, just honor Pastor Kim and Connie this morning. It's their 50th wedding anniversary, or it was a couple days ago, if you want to stand up, and we just want to say congratulations to you all, and amen. Um, it only feels like 45 years, right? Yeah. There you go. And um, this morning, after the service, there's going to be a little reception for them just out here in the lobby. We've got some cake and some punch for them, and uh, you can just tell them congratulations when you see them, okay? Pastor Connie didn't, didn't know that. We were surprising her. Um, if you want to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1 for a second, I want to um, continue some some thoughts. I started last week, I was just sharing a little bit about... Some vision that I feel like the Lord has spoken to me for our future. And specifically, two words was abundant life. Abundant life. I feel like the Lord's calling us to walk in the abundant life that he has for us. Amen. And the other word was supernatural power. And I want to talk about this supernatural power a little bit uh, this morning. And I, I was thinking about this. I've said this before that my kids love their favorite thing in the world is when the power goes out. They, they you could you could tell them, hey, the lights are gonna go out, or you can go to Disney World. No, we want the lights to go out. It's just it's so exciting to them. But it was funny the other day, we were getting in the car, and as we as we got in, I actually I was walking out of the house and I, I went to flip the light switch, and before I could flip it, the lights went out. I thought that was that's funny, and all all the power's out. I went out to the car, I said, hey guys, guess what? The power's out. Oh, their little faces. We, we don't want to go anywhere. We want to stay home because the power's out. They Oh, they were so disappointed. And I said, well, maybe if you're lucky, when you come home, the power will still be out. And we, they couldn't get whatever we were doing. They couldn't hurry it up fast enough. They had to get home. We got home and the power was still out. And they were so excited. They got all my flashlights. My flashlights. Ran through the house in the dark. I said, you can do this anytime, you know. There's a switch on the wall. But no, it's not as exciting. They want the power out. See, they, 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 we have power in our house, but they want to live like they're Amish. They love it. It's just something is exciting to them. They want to live powerless. Oh, I want to tell you something. There's a lot of Christians the same way. You got access to all the power in the world, but we want to live like we don't have any. A lot of Christians are living powerless lives because they don't understand what they have. That's what it comes down to. They don't, know it's, they don't know there's a little switch in the house that you can flip. See, we get into habits. Rick talked about the habit this morning. He has a look in this direction. I thought, you know, we get into habits, and I'm really loud on these things, if you can take those down again. We get into habits when we, you know, if, if the power goes out in your house and you walk into the bathroom and you flip the switch anyway, you ever do that? And then just, it surprises you, right? And then you forget, oh yeah, the power went out. I forgot I was, but you get into that habit. See, we get used to living with things. We get used to living with power or we get used to living without. And we live in whatever we're comfortable with. I wanna talk to you about living with power. See, you got some power available to you, amen? Yeah. You've got power, all the power in the universe. The, I mean, the, the Holy Spirit lives inside you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. You've got access to some power. But a lot of Christians are living like they don't have any. And so I want to I go here this morning, Ephesians chapter 1, because I feel like we have to get a hold of this this morning. I feel like as a church, we have to get a hold of this because it's time that we start living the life that God's called us to live, church. It's time that we start being who we're called to be. See, if we're, living, if we're living less than what God has for us, we're, we're not being light to the world. The world sees us and they don't, they don't want what we have because we're not living powerful lives. We read this word of God and it talks about power and we say, no, that was for yesterday. That was for 100 years ago. That was for 1,000 years ago and we don't use it in our lives today. See, we gotta get used to living with some power. Amen? So Ephesians chapter one, I want to start at verse 17. We read this last week. It says, "I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him." He's going to talk about some things here and he's he says, "I'm praying for you that your mind would be open because you're not going to be able to grasp this otherwise because you can't even grasp it with your own natural mind if you're trying to understand What what I'm about to tell you, Paul's saying, with your natural mind, you're not going to get it. I pray that you would have a supernatural understanding here because he says, I'm praying for something. I'm praying that your mind be enlightened so you can know what is the hope of his calling. What are the glorious riches of his inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power? It's immeasurable my kids like to run around with my tape measure. And they, they, they'll, they'll run across the room, how big is it? I, look at the thing, I don't know, they'll run around, measure stuff, measure everything. They wanna know, and it's, it's how great is his power? You can't measure it, it's immeasurable. Imme- no, get this now, immeasurable power lives inside you. Immeasurable power lives inside you come on church it's the immeasurable greatness of his power to us do you see that it's to you who believe according to the work of his vast strength and then he goes on to say this he demonstrated this power when Jesus came to earth it was show and tell time he said let me show you some power Let me explain to you my power. Let me show you. So here's what he would do. He would see some demons, and he'd say, hey, go. And the demons left. He was displaying his power over the demonic. Amen. When he saw some sick people, he said, hey, get on up. You're better now. They got on up, and they were better. It was show and tell. Jesus was showing them the greatness of his power. He had power over demons. He had power over sickness. He had power over... look. If he saw blind people, you know what he did? He'd spit on them, and his spit would heal them. Anybody need some prayer this morning? <laughs> need some eyes prayed for? We've got, you sit in the front row, you're going to get it. Listen, Jesus saw somebody who was, who was lame, and he said, hey, son, your sins are forgiven. People, people didn't like that. Who are you to forgive sins? How can you do that? It was Jesus. It was show and tell. He's showing them what he had power over. There wasn't nothing he didn't have power over. When he went to a funeral, he would raise those people up. Never, he never preached one funeral because those people got up from the grave. He had power over death. He even, he, he, he even raised himself from the dead. Come on, the immeasurable greatness of his power. Look at it, verse 20. He demonstrated this power in the Messiah by raising him from the dead. And then he says something now, he starts getting into something. This is what I want you to catch this morning because we're going to talk about the power that's at work in you. See, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And so it says he demonstrated this power by raising him from the dead and he seated him at his right hand in the heavens, far above, say that with me, far above. above. Jesus is far above every ruler, and authority, and power, and dominion, and, and every title given, and in case we missed anything over that too, and not only in this age, but the one to come, he put everything under his feet, and then he goes on to talk about Jesus being the head over the church, who is his body. Where are the feet located? That's part of your body. When, when God put everything under Jesus, he put everything under you, because you're part of the body. Are you with me this morning? So I wanna to talk to you because here's the thing. A lot of the church, they, they hear something like this and they say, no, 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 you're, you, you're not understanding. They read this verse and they'll try to explain it away and talk about how, how Jesus is over everything, but not me. Jesus is over everything, but one day when we get to heaven, all that stuff's gonna be taken care of. No, Jesus wants to give you power now. The Holy Spirit lives in you now to help you today. You don't, you don't need it 2,000 years ago because you weren't here. You need it today, don't you? Your world needs it today. Your city needs it today. People you work with, they need, they need to see a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. So I want to talk about this because it's time we start living like what we're, the way we're supposed to live. See, listen, the enemy wants nothing more than for you to stay ignorant of this. Because this affects him directly now. He's affected directly by this, because if you come to understand what God actually has done for you, and you start walking in this, now he's in trouble, isn't he? The enemy is afraid that you're going to understand who you are. The enemy is afraid that you're going to understand what you have. He's terrified, because if you ever get a hold of this thing now, now I know this isn't, this isn't new to us, church, but we got to start walking in it. We got to start living. It's don't just be hearers, be doers. Look, it's got to become habit. It's got to become habit. It's got to be like walking into a room and flipping a switch. When you walk into a situation and there's some, there's some need for the power of God to be demonstrated, but it just needs to come out of you. It doesn't need to be, well, let me think. What was, it? What was that sermon about Sunday? Let me go back to that. Let me think. No, because if, if it's not in you becoming a habit, you'll, you won't do it when the pressure comes. It's got to become habit. This is why we're looking at this so this can become a habit for us. We want to be people of the spirit, people walking by the spirit, people speaking by the spirit, people doing the things Jesus did because that's what he's called us to do. You still awake? Here's go to, go over here for a second. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Do you have that one? 2 Timothy 3. And I want you to look at verse, look, look at this for a second. Know this, difficult times will come in the last days. In the, this, is, this is the last days he's talking about. How many of you believe we're living in the last days? Amen. And he goes on, he goes through this list. Let's just do this quickly. He says, people are going to be lovers of themselves. Facebook, anybody? Lovers of money. But if you're on Facebook today, we love you. God bless you. Not against, not against you, but that just seems to be the trend, doesn't it? Social media, it's all about me. Lovers of money, boastful, proud. He goes through this list, disobedient to parents. I'm gonna put that in my kid's wall, you know? (laughs) Watch it, kids, in the last days. Okay, go ahead, keep going, ungrateful. uh, Yeah, unloving, irreconcilable, all this. Keep going to verse five, you can see this list. What's verse five say? And they hold to a form of religion, or another translation says a form of godliness, but they deny its power. They have a form of godliness. They get together in churches on Sundays. They got a form of godliness, but no power. They, they read the Bible, but there's no power. They sing the songs, but there's no power. And he says, don't hang out with those people. Don't be like them because listen, you've got some power. Here's the difference. In the last days, people are gonna wanna make little, little religious clubs. We're not here to have a religious club. I'm not interested in clubs. I'm interested in the power of God being at work in my life. I'm interested in having everything that God has for my life. Cause see, I believe God has some things in store for you. This is why I want us to get a hold of this. God has some things in store for your life that you're not gonna be able to do in the natural. It's gonna take the supernatural power of God working in you to do what God's calling you to do. And you're gonna to need to learn how to walk in what he has for you to accomplish the plans and the purposes he has for your life. See, cause you're not, you're not normal, you're not natural. If you, were, if, if you were just natural, then God could just give you a natural plan that you could do on your own, something small. He'd have small, he'd say, he'd say I know the plans I have for you, they're really small. They got some really small stuff in store for you. Oh, just wait till you see it, it'll be great. That's not what he, he, he doesn't have small things in store for you. He's got things in store for you that are bigger than you because he wants to do them through you. He wants to get in you and get, get stuff coming out of you so he can touch other people. He wants to display his glory through you. Amen. Wow. Wow. It takes, some, it takes some faith to get here now because I'm talking about some deep spiritual stuff. God wants to do something big in your life. And we read this scripture last week from Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. It's, it's bigger than anything you can imagine. Bigger than what your little mind can get a hold of God wants to do through you. But you've got to get a hold of, of what it means to walk in the spirit. You've got to get a hold of what it means to live a supernatural life because you can't do it in the natural. Can't be just a normal Christian. There's no such thing as a normal Christian. You are abnormal. You are, you are a strange, strange people. Look at somebody next to you. Tell them they're strange. Oh, all the wives did it. You're, you're you're You knew it, right? No, see, you you are, because you're not just normal. You are not called to be natural. You're called to be supernatural. That's not to the world. That's not normal, but you're not called to be normal. Look at this. Go to Romans chapter 1. I'm going somewhere this morning. I, and I know it's Thanksgiving week and you wanted a Thanksgiving message, didn't you? Well, I might, I might, I might talk about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is important. It is, it is the greatest day of the year. I'm, I'm going to get there. Romans 1. Look at what it says, verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's God's power for salvation. The gospel, this gospel is power. This gospel, what's the gospel? The good news about Jesus. The gospel is power. It's power to save you. It's power to set you free. Power to keep you free. Power to live, come on. Here's what it says. It's power for salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, also to the Greek, for in it God's righteousness is revealed. From faith to faith, just as it's written, the righteous or the just shall live by faith. Listen, you can't have a gospel without power. You can't, if you got a powerless gospel, you don't have a gospel. If the gospel doesn't have power to save, it's not a gospel, it's not good news. But you got, see, you, you, take, you take the salvation out of the gospel, and now it's not a gospel. You take the healing out of the gospel, now what happened? It lost its power to heal. Because see, that's what some people have. They say, they say, well, Jesus came to save you, and you just gotta suffer until you get to heaven. So what do they have? They've got a gospel to save, but not to heal. The gospel was emptied of its power. They've got a gospel to save and not to set them free from addiction. And they're told, well, you're just always going to be an addict, but one day when you get to heaven, praise God, you'll stop, you'll stop doing drugs because there's no drugs in heaven. Well, good for you, but what about now? You need some power now to live this life. And the gospel has power, but when we empty it of its power, there's, it, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. You with me? Does that make sense? So you got, you got some power. If you only hear the good news, listen, that Jesus has... If you only hear the good news that Jesus has saved us, but you don't hear that he's broken the curse, you, don't, you can never step into the blessing. See, right. so you got to have a gospel filled with power. I, I'm, you know, I'm talking about the supernatural power that's available to you. I think the problem is, and, and Rick said it, he was, he was just preaching my message this morning, Rick. Come on. But the problem is we get our eyes too often on our problem. We get our eyes on what we're facing, kind of like, like when Israel was getting ready to go into the promised land, and they came back and they said, we can't do it because there's giants. There's giants in the land. We're not big enough. And, and they looked at themselves. We get our eyes on ourselves, and we can't see how big God is. We were, we were preaching a service in Dominican Republic many years ago, and at the end of the service, we had people come up for prayer, and this woman came up. And I, I'd never... Prayed for this before this particular thing. So it was interesting. She said, she said, Pray for me because I, I can't I can't eat anything. I said, Why well, can't you eat anything? She said, I got worms in my stomach. She had some kind of tapeworm or something. And she said, When I eat, I get sick, I vomit. It's I, I haven't it's it's been for months. I'm sick all the time. I just feel nauseous all the time, you know, and 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 she was it was causing her all kinds of problems. And she said, Pray for me. And I I said, I went to pray, but I had to stop for a second. Because the Holy Spirit was speaking something to me and I started to laugh. And I felt really bad because I didn't want her to think I'm laughing at her. And so I stopped and I said, I, I got to ask you this because the, the Lord spoke this to me. And he, he said, am I greater than a worm? And, I, and it really, it made me laugh because I thought, of course you're greater than a worm. But here's the thing. Every problem you face to God is like a worm. No matter what it is, it might look like a giant to you. To God, it's like, a, it's like a worm. And it comes down to, is God greater than what you're facing? Do you believe God's greater than what you're facing? Do you believe God's greater than your situation, your circumstance, all this stuff? And, and so I, I asked her this, and she said, yes. And she laughed, and she said, of course, God's greater than a worm. Because that's really what it came down to. We just need faith to believe God's bigger than worms. You know, if you have faith like a mustard seed. You can say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast. it." You don't, you don't need a lot. You just got to use it. And the more you use it, the bigger it'll get. But so I, I said, I said that to her. I said, let's pray. And so we prayed and, and she said, I feel better and everything. And she went home, but she came back the next night and she said, I knew I was healed. I knew I was healed. And I made myself a big plate of fried chicken. And I made myself rice and beans and mango and all this yummy, it's just like delicious Dominican food. It's the best food in the world. And she made all this stuff and she said, I ate every bit of it and I didn't get sick. Not one time. And she said, God healed me and it, but it just stuck with me cause I thought, man, God is greater than a worm and anything I'm facing. There's nothing I'm facing. That's, that's any bigger than that. God's bigger than whatever I'm facing. I just got to start believing that. We got to start living like that. See, look, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Do you believe it? Live like it. Live like it. Look at Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. I want you to see this this morning. Colossians 2.9, it says the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. I really want you to catch these words here this morning. The entire fullness of God's nature dwells in Christ. Go to the next verse. And you've been filled by him. Let's just stop there. How much of God's nature lives in Christ And where does Christ, who have you been filled by? By him. Are you with me? So you've been filled by Christ Jesus, who's the fullness of God. He's the head over every ruler and authority. Go ahead. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision, not done by hands, by putting off the body of the flesh. It's, It's the circumcision of the heart, removing that old junk inside you. Go to the next one. And having been buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead and go, and when you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. Keep going. Verse 14. He erased the certificate of debt. Now, this is what I want you to catch this morning he erased the certificate of debt. Did you know you had debt against you? What's the debt? You had sin that was being held against you. When Adam sinned, he passed sin on from generation to generation to generation. It wasn't even so much about what you did, the sin that you did, it was about the fact that you were born and you're part of his lineage, you inherited his debt. You held his debt and debt demands to be paid. The wages of sin is death. You had a debt against you with its obligations. It was against us, opposed to us. And Jesus has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. He took your debt and he nailed it to the cross. What's the next verse say? And he disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them by him. See what's happening here. He's talking about when a king would go to battle and a king would go and attack another kingdom, and they would take that king captive, and they might put him in a cage or something, and as they would return home, they would lead that king in a procession of victory. So the victorious king would have behind him the, maybe the generals and the, and the king that they defeated, they'd lead them in a parade of humiliation. And all the people would come out and laugh at him. All the people would come out, they'd throw rotten vegetables at him. They would humiliate this guy. And this is exactly what Jesus has done to the devil. And it's interesting, this word he uses here, he says he disarmed the rulers. And what the, what the word actually is, is he stripped him. But it's so interesting because when Jesus hung on the cross for you and for me, he was stripped, wasn't he? He was humiliated. And the devil thought he stripped Jesus. The devil thought he humiliated Jesus, but he didn't know it was all being flipped on him. And he's the one who's been stripped and he's the one who's been humiliated. And this is the current state of the devil. He's humiliated. See, listen, I'm talking about your your supernatural power this morning and you can't separate power from authority. Power, the supernatural power you have has to do with your authority. You have authority over the devil. He just doesn't want you to know it. Right. Amen. I, I heard this story. It was, it was during World War II. There was a, a special group called the 23rd Headquarters Special Troops, or they called them the, the Ghost Army. Have you heard of this? The Ghost Army. What, these, what this, this group was, it was made up of a group of artists. So they went and recruited a bunch of artists, not the people that you'd normally want fighting a battle for you. They went and got a group of artists, very talented young men, and they gave them a special project. They said, your job is to fool Hitler. And so these artists began to design and create tanks that were inflatable. And they would inflate these tanks and position them in different places. And then they made rubber airplanes and they would set them in different places. And then they recorded soundtracks of, of um, actual army bases. And they would take the soundtracks and play them in the woods so that people that passed by would think there was army bases hidden in the woods. And they, they created this, this, this deception of a false army. They made their army look bigger. We made our army look bigger by doing that. We fooled Hitler, we fooled the Nazis by creating something that wasn't really there. They would send generals, they would send people dressed as generals into coffee shops to kinda let false information fly. They were creating an entire false army. And I want you to know that's all the devil has. All the devil has is a lie. All the devil has is an inflatable tank. All he's got is a rubber airplane. He's got no teeth on him. He's already been defeated. He's already been humiliated. But he wants you to think he's got an army behind him. He wants you to think he's dangerous. He wants you to think, watch out. Oh, the devil's been after me. Shut up. Why is the devil after you? Get after him. You've got some authority over him. Jesus said, you'll trample on serpents and scorpions. That's all he is. You don't have to be afraid of that. Amen. Listen, death has been defeated for you. Fear has been defeated for you. Sickness has been defeated for you. Depression has been defeated. Poverty has been defeated. Sin has been defeated. Addiction, it's all been defeated. The debt against you has been erased. It's all been done for you. If we would just believe this word, if we would just believe this word and and really just understand what God's done for us, nothing could stop us. But I want to tell you something, we get in the way. We get in the way, don't we? There's there's no problem with on God's end. There's no problem with what God has done. We get in the way. Because we think, no, he can't do that. No, I don't know about this. We get in the way of him moving in our lives. And we let issues that we should have had victory over keep us from walking in authority. I'm gonna explain this. I want you to go one last scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5. And... I was, I was reading this scripture, and I felt the Lord just impress upon me that this is, this is deeper here than just some little, because sometimes we read these things, and it's just so quick. I mean, it's two words, rejoice always, For chapter 5, verse 16, rejoice always. We read a thing like that, and it just seems like, okay, yeah, I got it, got it. That's like Jesus wept, right? You, your kids want to memorize that one. No, you can't memorize that one. It doesn't count. You gotta, you gotta find something better. But it's just, it's just two words, but it's, there's so much here. Pray constantly. Rejoice always, pray constantly. Give thanks, there's your thanksgiving. Give thanks in everything. And I was reading this, and I felt the Lord say, he impressed upon me, this, this has to do with your authority. This has to do, and I thought, how, what has that got to do with my authority? And here's what the Lord told me. When you, if you, if you stop rejoicing, you've submitted your authority to the thing you're facing. When you get out cuz see here's what it is the rejoicing is not about it's not about what i'm going through it's about the fact that i have faith that he's taking me through yeah. So as soon as i get to an attitude where i let something i let something stop me from rejoicing i let something get me upset i let something get me frustrated i let something get me depressed as soon as i i give that up now i've submitted my authority I no longer have authority because I've stepped out. See, we've been talking about power. There's power in this room this morning, but just because I'm in the room, I don't have access to the power. It's in the walls. Well, just because I touch a wall doesn't mean I have access to the power. I gotta plug in. If I keep it plugged in, I've got some power. See, it's the same thing. This is about you staying plugged in. See, you, you stop rejoicing. You, you get out of that attitude of rejoicing and you get into something else now. You get into frustration. You get into aggravation. You get into fear. You get into all these other things. You've submitted your authority. You've unplugged from your source. you got to stay plugged in. If you want to walk in all that God has for you, you have, be, you have to be plugged into the source. And so he says this. Let me read this again. Rejoice always. This is two things now. This is your attitude and this is your mouth. And every one of these has something to do with your mouth. It's interesting because you can't, re- you can't rejoice. And I mean, you can have a little smile, I guess, but really you're rejoicing. It's about, it's about, man, God's so good. Amen. It's about, wow, I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. You know, that's, that's rejoicing. It's got to come out of your mouth. Praying. It's got to come out of your mouth. Well, it doesn't have to. You can think the thoughts, but still it's supposed to come out. Give thanks. You can't give thanks Quietly. Can't give thanks without opening your mouth. We've been talking about our confession in my class. And so it just occurred to me, these things all got to come out of you. It's gotta be your confession. See, we're not, but here's what he says, rejoice always. It sounds impossible. It sounds like one of these things that somebody puts in the Bible and they're like, yeah, here, you'll never attain this. So just strive for it your whole life and you'll never get there. No, you're supposed to get there. He didn't put it in there for you not to do it. He put it in there for you to do it. It keeps you connected see it's not being ignorant of what's going on around us it's not, being, it's not being unconcerned but what it is is I put my faith in a God who's greater Amen. I'm refusing to put my faith in what I see faith keeps me connected when you walk in fear you walk in anxiety all that stuff you're losing your connections see the Holy Spirit says this the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth there is no truth that will make you fear there is no truth that will bring anxiety on you. There is no truth that will make you depressed. There's only lies. But the Holy Spirit won't lead you into that stuff. He'll lead you into truth. So you got to stay connected. Let me do this quick. Pray without ceasing. He's not telling you to become a monk. You can't. It sounds impossible, right? How can I pray without ceasing? Really, this is terrific because it's not, it's, it's not about... Religion, here's what, let me say it this way. Religion says you got to pray a certain number of minutes every day. You could, if you don't pray, if you don't get up in the morning and pray for 30 minutes, I don't, are you even saved? That's, that's what religion says. You know, hey, if you don't spend 30 minutes, if you don't spend an hour, oh, pretty soon, if you don't spend two hours, if you don't spend three hours a day, really, are you, do you even love the Lord? You know, that's, that's religion. It's that's religion. But relationship with God says, no, you can, you can walk in communion with me. You can walk in a relationship with me, connected with me all the time. You never got to leave my presence. Amen. That's what this is about. It's about staying connected 24-7. You can, in the middle of the night, I've had experiences in the middle of the night where I, I wake up and I'm in, I'm in prayer. I'm like, I thought I was sleeping, but I'm talking to the Lord. Have you ever, I don't know if you've ever done that. It's weird, but I, it's happened a couple times. I wake up and I thought, man, I thought, really thought I was sleeping there. And I, I was praying, oh, I'm going to go back to sleep and pray some more. You know, but it's, it's just about, I'm just, just want to, you just got to stay connected. Pray constantly. See, it's, it's really, it's a terrific thing because it's no longer about my working, it's no longer about my striving, my I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to read my Bible this number of times I got to, oh man, I didn't read my little checklist today. I'm not saved. I got to get that back. And you know, it's not about that. It's about just staying connected. Stay connected with him. Religion's about work. Religion always tells you something you got to do, don't, doesn't it? But and this this verse makes religious people go nuts. Because they'll, oh, I gotta pray without ceasing. And again, they just think, well, it's just in there because I'll never do it, but I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to pray more and try to pray more. No, it's it's just about get connected with him. Amen. You don't have to, it's not about checking the box. You can throw the checklist away and just live in his presence, amen. I'm not telling you don't spend specific times in prayer, but it's not, it's about connection. And the last one, let me say this, and then the worship team, you all can come up. Give thanks in everything. I, I love Thanksgiving. Anybody else with me? You guys love, I love it. Love it. Turkey, stuffing, all of it. But you know, my, my kids said something about, why we gotta eat on Thanksgiving? What do you mean? Why you got to eat at Thanksgiving? It's what we do, but Thanksgiving isn't just about food, is it? Thanksgiving is this is this should be our attitude. This should be our life, living a life of Thanksgiving. See, we want. If you want to access the supernatural, if you want to access all that God has for you, you gotta you gotta stay connected. And thanks Thanksgiving thankfulness keeps you connected. It keeps you connected to the Father. Let me say it this way. If my, if my kids, sometimes we take them out for ice cream and we go out for ice cream and, you know, if they, if they go out and they're like, this ice cream thing, why, why are we, what is with it anyway? It's so cold. It's so cold we're having ice cream. I don't understand this. Why, do we, why are we doing ice cream again? And they start getting this attitude. You know what I'm gonna do next week? You're not getting ice cream because you guys weren't, you you weren't thankful for what I, what I did for you, you know? But if they come in, dad, I love, man, this is so good. Isn't ice cream, you know what I wanna do? Let's have ice cream again tomorrow. I love it, you know, because it's that thankfulness. But that's how, that's how God, he loves a thankful heart. A thankful heart keeps you connected because you know what else? Now you're not saying, well, I did something. You're not looking at you. Well, I did have, you know, I had some faith back there and I was really... I was really walking in faith so you know you know and God's like, "Hey, Buster, I'm right here. Thank me. Yeah. Give me some thanks. Give me some glory because that's why I did it in the first place." Yes. Got to have a thankful heart to stay connected to the source so that you can live in what God has for you. It's like rejoicing always. He says, "Give thanks in everything." No matter what you're going through, you can give thanks because you're not looking at what you're going through, your eyes are on him. See, Israel, they never really got this, did they? They were wandering through the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years and the whole time they're complaining. Read the story sometimes. Count the times they complain these guys. Oh man, they saw, listen, they saw God strike the most powerful nation on the planet with plagues and take them out into the promised land, or towards the promised land. They saw God when the army was coming against them, they saw God open up the Red Sea and they walked through on dry land and God drowned the most powerful army on on the face of the planet. They saw God send them down bread from heaven when they were hungry every single day. They saw God bring water out of a rock Just squeeze the rock and water came out. Every day, they saw the miraculous. They saw a pillar of fire lead them by night. They saw a pillar of cloud by day. They saw the very, very tangible presence of God. And you know what they did? This stupid manna, why don't we get some meat? Where do you get some meat around this desert? This is horrible. Wait, wait, wait there's not enough water here for all of us. We're so thirsty. Why don't we go back to Egypt? At least there that we had some fish. Why why is God doing this so just life is so terrible? And they go through this whole thing. And I want you, I don't know if I gave you this up here guys, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10. This is last scripture here. I want you to see this. 1 Corinthians 10:10. he goes through this list. He says, don't be like the people in Israel when they were in the wilderness and they were struck down. He said, don't desire evil things like some of them did. Don't become idolaters. Don't do, have sexual immorality. Um, don't test Christ. And then he says in verse 10, and don't complain like some of them did. And they were killed by the destroyer. He lumps this thing complaining in there with sexual immorality, with idolatry with whatever else, all the the bad things they did. He says, don't complain because you know what complaining will do. It will disconnect you from your source. Because what happens is you start complaining about something, some situation that's going on and you know what you're doing? You're disconnecting your faith. You're saying, I can't believe this thing instead of taking authority over the thing. Instead of using your faith to get over it. Instead of saying, my God will make a way. My God will provide for all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And God, this is just an opportunity for you to demonstrate your, your supernatural power. Instead, we look at it, and we say, I can't believe I gotta walk. I can't believe this. I can't believe this thing happened. And we get our eyes off of him and we get our eyes on our problems. A complaining spirit will disconnect you from your source. But listen, every one of these things, rejoicing, praying without ceasing, thankfulness, it's gotta come out of you, out of your mouth. Because the word of God says, out of the abundance of your hearts, your mouth speaks. You gotta get it inside you. You gotta have a heart that rejoices. You gotta have just, just that connection with him through prayer. You gotta have that thankful heart. Why don't you stand up with me? bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute. See, listen, I know, I've been talking about abundant life last week. I've been talking about supernatural power, the fact that you can walk in the supernatural, that you should walk in the supernatural, that God has more in store for your life than anything you could begin to imagine, ask or think, or even dream. God's got bigger in store for you, but it's gonna take walking in the supernatural power of God to accomplish it. And this morning, maybe you're here or you're watching online and you say, you know what? Jesus Christ, he's not the Lord of my life. I want to live an abundant life. I want to walk in the supernatural, but I've I've not made Jesus my Lord this morning. You need to make your life right with God. Or maybe you've got something that's blocking your relationship with God. Maybe you used to walk with him, but you've turned away. And today God's calling you back. If that's you this morning, I want you just to raise your hand right where you're at. We're going to pray for you this morning okay just pray this prayer with me Just say Jesus thank you for your love thank you for dying for me I ask you to come into my heart this morning forgive me for my sins and make me a new person thank you Jesus and for the rest of us this morning you're here and you want to walk in the supernatural. You want it to become a habit in your life, not just something that we talk about on Sunday, but something that you're living all the week long. Get into that habit of just being in the presence of God. Get into that habit of just when something comes up, declare the word of God of God over it. When some When sickness might come against you, you stand up and say, oh no, you don't in the name of Jesus. Start walking with authority. When you come into your workplace, Start speaking the word of God over those situations that come up. Thank you, Lord. I want you to just raise your hands right now with me. And we're going to thank the Lord for all he's done for us. Lord, we just thank you that we can walk in the supernatural. We thank you for all that you have in store for us. Lord, we want all of it. Lord, we're not satisfied with a little. We want all that you have for our lives. Lord, we bless your name this morning. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you've done for us, and we thank you that we can walk in all that you have for our lives. We thank you for blessing each person here this morning.